I'm Tori, holistic health and life coach and founder of T-Balance, my coaching practice that helps people become the best versions of themselves by looking at all areas of life. And this is my podcast where I chat to many incredible souls about all things balance, sustainability, hypnotherapy, addiction, skincare, information, and much more. I hope you're enjoying the season so far. I've had lots of you saying how much last week's episode with Yalda has helped you to become more mindful and connected with yourself. And many who are keen to do her six-week program. I really, really hope that you follow through with that because I think the changes will be so wonderful and think about how great it will be to not feel ill or inflamed during this autumn winter period. Reducing inflammation really is one of the greatest things you can do for your health and even by just adding the five second deep breathing exercise into your day will massively help. So if you haven't yet listened to the episode then please please move on to that later. In this episode I've got Tori the co-founder of Her Collective here with me. I was blown away by Tori's drive and enthusiasm for tech and business when I first met her and I was desperate to know more about her which by the way in honor of her South African co-founder means rent in Afrikaans. Her has been named the Airbnb of fashion and is 2019's answer to sustainability. It's a platform that allows women to rent and lend their wardrobes securely in seconds. In this episode prepare to learn just how chronic the fashion industry really is on our precious world and what small changes you can be making to support it. And of course how Tori stays balanced in the midst of a startup. So here goes I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey Tori, how are you today? I'm good, thanks for having me on. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to you too. Also, can I just say, I love that I have another Tori on the podcast. I know, finally. I've, you're the first Tori I've ever met that is yeah. very similar, so it's great. <laughs> it's so great, and I actually was like, I was going to look, I looked up on, um, what's it called, the Urban Dictionary about what Tory means, and it says that Tories never ever give up and that they can do anything that they put their minds to. And that is exactly how I felt when I came away from meeting you. And yeah, it's just rings so true about you. So congratulations on the launch of Her Collective. Thank you. And I cannot wait to hear all about it. Her has been labelled many things since you launched, including the Airbnb of fashion and basically 2019's answer to saving the planet. So talk to me. I know that you've been working on her for years, but what's your background and what made you change your busy job in real estate for probably an even busier <laughs> job in the startup life? Um, so when I was an undergrad, I ran a tech company and it was very much kind of a bit of a passion project, but it ended up doing really, really well. And that kind of entrep- entrepreneurial seed was planted pretty early on. Um, I then decided to go down a bit more of a traditional career route. So I did a master's in real estate and then spent three years training up as a broker um, and then I qualified as a chartered surveyor and handed my notice in the next day uh, to co-found what is now her so um, very much a, uh, a career to change you know you give up a, 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 a good good career we you know where your career trajectory is so is so clear and defined and it, it was going really well but I just decided that this was a time to to give starting your company uh, starting a company a go and and many people never have the chance to do something like that mm-hmm. and I just thought why not I don't want to be, you know, 10 years older or, you know, um, 50 years old wishing that I had started something. So totally. I, yeah, leapt into the uh, the unknown. Yeah, absolutely. And so how did you come up with the whole her concept and what does actually her mean or stand for? 
So um, my co-founder and I, we spent a number of weeks really studying the sharing economy space. So our view was, okay, there's this whole generation of people that value, you know, access over the, like, access rather than ownership. So you've got Uber, you've got Airbnb, people don't own anything, they don't own cars, they don't own houses, um, we rent everything, we are generation rent. Um, so we looked really closely um, at loads of kind of sharing economy models that we thought were really interesting. Um, and then... We weren't going to go after, you know, building the next Airbnb or building the next Uber. Um, so we thought that fashion was a really interesting space. And the more research we did, um, the more we really, really thought it was completely ripe for disruption. Um, not only on the kind of renting and access and ownerships and trends and the fun side, but obviously on the slightly darker side of the, the issues around fashion. And, you know, two years ago when we started this, fast fashion was not under the spotlight no one cared no one knew um and now here we are where fast fashion and landfill and everything that is awful is finally you know it's on the page of every newspaper that you could ever read so it's great to see that something we spotted you know two years ago and really researched two years ago and were passionate about two years ago has has really actually come come into play so it's great it's so great and oh my gosh some of the Statistics are absolutely crazy. I know that um, when you were speaking on Sky News, they were saying about sort of one cotton shirt, getting that shirt to the UK uses the same amount of CO2 as driving a car for 35 miles. Like that to me is sort of absolutely balmy. But I know that you've got another stat, which is even more far beyond that. Yeah, it is. There are lots of crazy stats, particularly around... Um, people that wear things once and, and and actually the statistics around people wearing buying something to photograph it on social media and then to throw it away it's it's I mean the stats are shocking um it's secondhand September um and Oxfam released lots of uh, research recently about how it would take the average person so for the outfit you're wearing your top and your jeans it would take you 13 years to drink the same amount of water required to, to make that one top and one pair of jeans sorry but that is on real I'm terrifying when you think about how many pairs of jeans you've bought in your life or how many are sat in, in your cupboard. wardrobe um, and how many tops there are as well so I think that these relatable stats rather than you know we're putting x x hundred million kgs into landfill it's not that relatable I think when you hear those stats put so well and actually that are relatable yeah it does hopefully make you think before you next buy fast fashion totally. or you know just being a bit more considered about considered about your purchases totally totally so you mentioned that sort of fast fashion is now being talked about and it's something that's really in the last well particularly in the last year is really coming through for everyone but what is it exactly that is being talked about and what is it that we're able to do to help the world with everything so yeah i think it's it's really interesting obviously extinction rebellion and um, shutting down fashion weeks is a great example um but for us what's been fascinating is when we had the idea two years ago and we interviewed a lot of people people just weren't aware of the impacts of fast fashion um, and just education to the consumer you know sustainable fashion is still a very kind of niche subject and actually what's important for us is trying to get spread the word on sustainable fashion and the impacts of fast fashion to the masses 
And where I'd say this really interesting shift um, happened was actually around the time that Stacey Dooley's BBC documentary came out on the impact of fast fashion. For us, that was when it went from, you know, her is a great fashion community of fashion lovers to everyone just exploding and wanting to get involved mm. in, in, in a solution um, and being more aware of the problems. And I think that was a bit of a turning point for our members and our users um, as to people really understanding what was going on. And I think now, obviously, I mean, fast fashion is being debated at a parliamentary level. It's it's everywhere. And I think it takes time to get those educations in place and to build that education piece. But it's something that we work really hard on because fast fashion, you know, it's, there's a lot of doom and gloom around um, the negatives of the fashion industry, but there's also a lot of really positive disruption in the space. And I think it's great that we we hopefully can be in the, you know, providing a solution rather than, you know, contributing to, to the problems. Totally, you absolutely are. And actually, it's so interesting you say that because I until this year wasn't really sort of engaged with fast fashion and actually to be honest with you I buy fewer things I spend a little bit more money but I buy fewer things because that's the way that I like to shop and I love my clothes and I always think so much about what it is that I'm buying but I did see a dress that I loved and really wanted in Zara the other week and I went in there to get the dress and I just thought do you know what the energy in here is so bizarre and actually quite disgusting. Like everyone is running around with 84 items on their arms, but it almost felt like they were on drugs. Like I can't quite explain it, but do you know what I mean? But you probably haven't been in Zara in so long now, have you? But no, like, I think <laughs> it's this horrible thing where I feel in that industry, there's such a, a disgusting kind of air around it now that like actually I will not be setting foot in there anytime again soon yeah but. I think it's really interesting I think for me the best thing to I, I definitely have bought from from H&M and Zara uh, and all the fast fashion giants in the past and actually I, for me the best thing is just not go in because there is a reason why these companies are so successful they look beautiful it's beautifully merchandised and you have no idea the fact that someone has sat there being paid no contract and working hours that they should never work in an underprivileged country somewhere to build those garments you just have no idea when you walk in to your local Zara store but on the flip side I am a big believer that if you can if you are going to love it and wear it over 30 times you should buy that item so I think yeah this this fast fashion you know you've got no connection to your clothes you buy 30 things you send Mm. them all back or you wear them for two hours and then you know throw them in landfill worst case um is is horrendous and and more needs to be done to stop that but if if it is that one dress that you know you will wear spring summer autumn winter and have in your wardrobe for 10 or 15 years I I think you can justify it and that's what I do and I justify every purchase on a kind of cost per wear basis whether it's a designer or a you know a high street or if it's um you know secondhand resale depop ebay whatever it is I think it comes down to 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 that cost per wear and actually mm. justifying it sat, sat in your wardrobe you're so right and actually i've already worn the dress about five times and i love it and the other thing is is that it's it's a summer color but it's almost like a more wintry feel so mm. on a cold summer's day i can 100 wear it and when i want to be feeling a little bit more summery in the winter it's thick enough to carry me through so yes that is definitely the mindset that for someone who is trying to make small little changes that can be maybe perhaps exactly. phase one so I actually came across Rent the Runway, which I know has been launched for ages, but I came across it in the summer. So can you explain how your concept is different to theirs for 
those of our listeners who aren't so familiar with Rent the Runway. Sure. So Rent the Runway are their 10-year-old company in the States. They're the biggest and the best uh, retail, fashion retail company. Um, They are valued as a billion-dollar company, so they've done extremely well. Um, And how their model works is that they are B2C. So Rent the Runway will buy stock and then rent it to you um, as the consumer. So they are basically a massive operational giant. Um, They own the largest dry cleaning facility in the whole of the, the US. It's absolutely monstrous and they do a great job at that B2C space. Um, how her differ, differs is exactly like you say, we are trying to build the Airbnb for fashion. So rather than actually us holding stock, we provide the tech that connects lenders and renters and allows people to share wardrobes securely. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you can come on and browse from other people's wardrobes um, and actually rent things from other people in your area or anywhere across the UK. And then on the flip side, you can actually monetize your wardrobe. So when you do buy that Rixo dress for £300, you can rent it out five times and make your money back so oh it's gosh. a two-sided marketplace it's so amazing it's honestly the greatest greatest idea also i was on the website the other day and i just think it's so cool that a little map comes up and you can see like it can sh- it shows where your road is and then all of the things that are available to rent nearby so i almost wasn't even searching for what i necessarily wanted i was like who lives two roads away <laughs> and what do they have it's so clever i love the whole thing so how does it work can we take photos at home of what we have and then they get post they are then on the website because it all looks so professional exactly so you can upload your own listings um on, on in under 90 seconds um straight to our website and um, we approve it and just make sure that we're happy with the condition and we have certain criteria and um, we don't take any fast fashion brands as our mission is to cut out fast fashion and um, but we take anything contemporary all the way through to the kind of designer um realm um, and then in terms of the logistics about how it works there are three options and we have all three options and then it's up to you to decide so exactly like you say you can choose to meet up as long as it's in a public place and actually a high percentage of our members do actually meet up in person and it's really nice that we get this community feel people actually meet up in real life swap goods um uh, the second is postage and um, the vast majority goes through traditional post um as if you were selling something on depop or ebay you just get it back at the end and um, tracked always always <laughs> tracked um but it means that anyone across the uk can sign up to our platform and we have users across the uk um, which is great because i always think that london can sometimes be kind of focused on the fashion elite and and for us it's important that we're building something that anyone one can sign up to and then the third is um just for london users um it's an integrated courier service um where people will deliver by bike and um, kind of peer-to-peer um, and they can do it in under 90 minutes so oh gosh, we're trying wow. to really build something like on demand so that if you wanted something for tonight or for an event tomorrow last minute you can actually go on and like you say check out things near you or um badger yeah. other users and be like i need this for tomorrow like yeah. can i can i get a courier sent to you um and it's all it's basically like delivery but for her yeah. So they will come on a bike. It's obviously we don't have Ubers um, couriering stuff around. Um, so yeah, lots of different options. And then it's up to the users, whatever Amazing. works best for them. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And there is the biggest gap in the market for it, like particularly in London. I know it's forever, but particularly in London because a friend of mine came over from New York and she was like, do you have like a same day delivery service of clothes? And I was like, I think maybe Netta Porter, but she wanted something for like 8pm and it was 4pm or something. And yeah. she was, so there isn't that thing. So this, yeah. amazing. <laughs> She's going to be happy at least. <laughs> um, so also what are the 
I know that the amount of clothes we have in our wardrobes and um, the sort of energy that they carry and the memories that they carry, etc., etc., really affect our mental health. Mm -hmm. So, what do, do you know? Many sort of studies and stats around that because I know that I certainly feel better in myself when I have less in my wardrobes or if I do a clear out and you know whether it's sort of yeah just basically keeping less I yeah suppose. yeah you're completely right minimalism and having less and owning less um is linked to having better mental health it's been proven um, and I think Mary Kondo if you haven't already watched yes. that series on Netflix you know if the pieces in your wardrobe or the pieces in your life don't bring you joy yeah. they actually weigh you down and owning less and having less it, I think is better for your mental health and it mm. has been statistically proven as well so I think it's really interesting where exactly like you say our whole mission at her is to build a, a capsule wardrobe full of like high quality basics that you know you're going to wear day in day out your jeans your cashmere jumpers your white t-shirts your vest whatever it is that are built really really well mm. um preferably from sustainable companies um, and then you should be able to rent the rest for us we're we're not building her just for your ascots or your henleys or your you know your 21st birthdays whatever it is this is actually something that you can incorporate into your everyday life yeah. it should be for your next big interview you want you want a promotion at work you've got a date night like we can cover and we do cover every element of that person's wardrobe our number one reason for renting is actually holidays um, and we found that people um, who who ha have an exciting holiday coming up that's actually when people turn to fast fashion most because I'm sure we've all been guilty of it you are in a bit of a rush and you want 10 new dresses for holidays and you don't really know where to go so you go on ASOS or you go to the high street in a last minute fast fashion binge mm. um, and the best thing about our platform is that you can book things up to six months in advance so the organizer of us out there can really really plan out what they're what, renting yeah. and reserve all those pieces that do that do get really booked back back to back um and also kind of plan your wardrobe according to holidays date nights yeah. work wear everything so it's, it's so meant amazing. to be much more for your for your everyday just as much as the high days and holidays yeah and actually the holidays are so interesting because living in a country like england where it is cold most of the time yeah you know if you're going on holiday and it's going to be 35 degrees then the clothes that you're going to be wearing there are not going to be able to be you're not going to be able to wear in those in exactly but well. at the same time you want to look nice on holiday and you want to uh, you know have something for two weeks yeah. and then not have it sat in your wardrobe for the other ex you know, weeks of the year that you're yeah. not on holiday so um yeah. so definitely amazing and can you choose how long you rent the item for yeah exactly okay. so you can rent for for seven day increments up to a month okay. um so we're trying to also create something that's much more incorporating into your everyday life yeah. where you can have you know rather than spending two thousand pounds on your dream handbag you can have a different one every you know a different chanel handbag every month yeah. for for the year and have 12 on rotation so um so seven days up to a month and yeah you you have complete flexibility about how long you rent for that's amazing and then how does it work with, do you have, you were talking about um, Rent the Runway have their biggest dry cleaning company. Like, do you have specific dry cleaners that you trust or is it just you can take them to any dry cleaner? Because I am sometimes quite funny about which dry cleaner I use for what and things like that because my special dresses would go to one place and my 
maybe my jumpers would go to another. Yeah, so definitely. So dry cleaning is ultimately up to the lender. So the person that owns the item controls the dry cleaning. Um, But we have an amazing partnership with a company called Blanc, um, who have, they're basically the only um, eco-friendly dry cleaners around London. And if you haven't been into a Blanc store, you should. They are the most beautifully created dry cleaning stores. You won't feel like you're in a dry cleaner. It's completely flipping the whole dry cleaning experience on its head. They've got, I think, five or six stores. They just opened one in South Ken last week. And we have a tie-up with them where our users are incentivized to use them. Um, but it's completely up to you. You can use your preferred dry cleaner or you can use Blanc, knowing that you get a discount for, for using them through our services. Amazing. Okay, I'm definitely going to go and check out Blanc. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, dry cleaning is a whole industry that no one knows how damaging it is. Yeah, the chemicals sure. behind dry cleaning are horrendous. So definitely check out Blanc. As we're speaking about it, I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, and I'm totally on this like new flex of putting only natural things on my skin so definitely gonna look into that in the coming weeks so what have been your biggest challenges with this because I know well I know that you're running around at a million miles an hour I know that you perhaps don't feel your most balanced right now but what have been your biggest challenges so from a business point of view with getting into this world being a woman having to do some pretty big out there and challenging things what have been your biggest yeah I'd say our biggest challenge for for me and Matt my co-founder was actually building our platform from day one we wanted to build a tech company not a fashion company and we hope to our users that it feels as beautifully merchandised as a net supporter of the world but um, the tech behind our platform is second to none it is as functional as Airbnb but that comes with its own challenges we, we built the platform from line one of code ourselves um, and we taught ourselves everything that we needed to know about how to do that um, and it took the best part of a year to build. Wow. Um, so we did various Stanford courses about like product and UX and UI. And it wasn't an area that I knew anything about, but I knew our consumer better than better than anything else. And I knew what they wanted. Um, so I'd say that was probably our biggest challenge, mm-hmm. um, bearing in mind that maths, uh, Matt's background was maths and my background was real estate and a bit of tech. Um, it, you know, I think people queried whether we could, we could pull it off. Um, and here we are two two years later and it seems to be going okay but I think that was definitely the biggest challenge you know jumping from a a secure corporate job into an unknown and then trying to build something that you Mm -hmm. haven't had background in and I feel that we've been incredibly lucky in terms of who we have who we've had advising us um but it's definitely lots of sleepless nights and it's definitely stressful you know putting your name to something when when it's not necessarily you're not necessarily sure that you know definitely bitten off more than you can chew rings true to heart um but I think there's nothing better and it shows that the passion of two founders when they actually (laughs) spend spend a year or a year and a half building something themselves absolutely and you say that you knew exactly what your consumer wanted did you do loads and loads of research I mean I know you're the consumer as well but did you do so much research and who did you get together to do this with yeah we did we did a lot of focus groups in the early days but um my vision for this has been crystal clear from day one and exactly like you say I I was that girl that spent 300 pounds on a dress wore it to one event and then didn't know what to do with it and my background wasn't fashions and I never really cared about wearing the latest AW you know 19 piece I just wanted an amazing dress that felt amazing and it felt like new but I didn't have to own it and so I think 
our vision was crystal clear and then I guess obviously backed up by by consumer studies but at the same time going back to my point about even the consumers and our, our networks not knowing about fast fashion when we did mm. that was something that we very much took a risk on and and, and you hope that people are going to see you know see the world the way you see it um, and and finally everyone now is but definitely for a year and a half we, we were barking on when no one no one really cared yeah and it's so hard to get that message across when everyone else is actually focusing on some other big mission that everyone's working on rather than thinking about this and this now really is such a huge thing and I'm glad people like Oxfam and things are massively behind it and big brands like that yeah yeah I mean for us it should be really fun fashion should be fun it is fun we all love owning new things and Mm. that feeling of newness you can't put a price on when when you get that dopamine hit of opening that box of whatever it is we've tried to replicate that in a way without you actually having to own that item and I think this is why the resale market exists as well you know whether you buy something from from a you know a vestiaire collective or an ebay that feeling of newness it's it's defining newness in a new way that I think is definitely the message we're trying to push and and I think is rings true for our consumers as well who are really tapped into the sustainability space yeah absolutely oh my gosh it's so exciting I actually I really need to rent something from you (laughs) so I just want to be a part of it like that's I think also the thing that people really do want with a new platform like this is actually just to give it a go and to see how Definitely. it works for them yeah and also just to go through my wardrobe and think what else would everyone like to wear that exactly yeah. so can you literally you were mentioning about handbags and things so can you so obviously dresses is maybe the main thing can you rent things like jeans mm. and boots and yeah yeah okay. so you can rent absolutely anything um our only kind of criteria is that it has to be over 150 to 200 pounds rrp so okay. the retail price it has to be in excellent condition and under two years old okay. with the caveat that we do love a few kind of uh, vintage pieces vintage rents really well on our site but as the vast majority that is our criteria so anything from your kind of contemporary labels the Rixos, the Gannis, the Kitrys of the world all the way through to anything more luxury um we take and okay. and we have a pretty good idea and and do a lot with people coming to our platform about going through their wardrobes and working out yeah. what what could rent and we we have have quite a good uh, idea of what we'll rent Absolutely. And how does the pricing work? So it has to be above 200 RRP, mm-hmm. but how do you then work out how much it is to rent? So when you list an item on our site, we have an algorithm that roughly tells you how much you should rent it for. But depending on the item, it's about 15 to 20% of the RRP for okay. a week's rental. So it's pretty compelling to the consumer that rather than spending £300 on a dress, you could spend anywhere between 30 and £50 mm-hmm. for a week or two weeks. But ultimately, it's up to you as the owner of the item how much to list it for and some people a bit like airbnb they might lower their pricing to build up their reputation on the platform and for those sell out pieces that you can't get your hands on their their gear towards slightly higher pricing but it's completely up to the user absolutely okay exciting definitely gonna give it a go and so what would you say would be what were your sort of three biggest tips perhaps for someone who wants to start becoming a little bit more sustainable number one obviously renting number two is a bit like you said about that that Zara dress I've really tried over the last couple of years to only buy things that I know will transition through seasons and I will never ever again buy one dress for one occasion if I can't wear it to Ascot and to like a meeting with my investors through to an evening party then it's not coming into my wardrobe and I'd say my top tip of all three is is living 
be a first 30 wear campaign. I think it's such a clear message that if you're not going to wear that item 30 times, just don't buy it. And actually, I've incorporated it you know even down to a new hat I want to buy you know if if it's a jeans t-shirt dress whatever it is belt if you can't justify it 30 times and you don't think you're going to wear it 30 times then just don't buy it and I think it's a really clear easy way that costs nothing to execute and give it a go totally okay that is what my absolute mentality is going to be (laughs) it's really clear and when you're you know next in zara that's that should be your thought thought process i know but you also save so much money from doing this Mm. and then the whole thing of renting rent like making the money back from the clothes that you have exactly so you know rather than buying the fast fashion knockoff we'd much rather our members bought the the actual piece at a higher price knowing that they can actually Mm. monetize it and and make their money back because you know we have a few addresses that that can rent up to you know 15 times someone's making a massive return on that item and also it's stopping 14 more items being made manufactured processed we all know the stats about about those consumptions so yeah it's really interesting from that point of view as well so interesting okay well before you leave i'm gonna get you to go through my wardrobe as well definitely and help me figure out like what i can put on <laughs> and what, I, what i should be putting Would on the gym. and then yeah how do you stay balanced so I would really like to know about this so that for any other potential entrepreneurs out there, they have a few little pearls of wisdom as to what are the key things. Like, if you can take yourself back a couple of years, what would be the key things that you really treasured about how you got to where you are now and what is carrying you forward? Mm. Few, few comments on this. Um, I think the first, first most important thing is that you have to put yourself first. Uh, you know, you... I thought I'd be the first entrepreneur who had balance in their life and it is really, really hard to do. It might sound mad, but I schedule in balance. My my timetable is super, super scheduled and I schedule in everything from my exercise regime to basically, you know, when I have a class, when I'm going to go to the cinema, what I'm going to do in terms of what means balance for me, making sure that, you know, if I want to do something, it is in my, in my diary. For me, scheduling balance probably isn't isn't the solution for everyone but but for someone that basically counts their productivity on a 15 minute interval and making sure that I can kind of perform at my best and that actually you know if it's a Wednesday night and I have a yoga class book or a hit or a hit class booked that no matter what and whether it's you know a business meeting or you know actually seeing some friends actually that is what I have committed to because I know that that is what is going to keep me (laughs) slightly sane so scheduling I think is really key and putting yourself first is really key and then the third thing I'd say is setting boundaries and I was much better at this in the early stages than I am now but Saturday is my day of if I need to tie anything up in the office um, I will I'll sit in a cafe and just go through all the boring admin that comes with a startup and then Sunday my team contact me all through Saturday if I'm there if anything uh, needs to be done and then Sunday is my day that I am completely offline from 7am in the morning until the evening um, my phone's off I really really try my best to and there if something really goes wrong but everyone knows that that's my day of of rest and one day a week is a bit of a reset for me in terms of getting a bit of balance back into my life and and also trying to draw myself away from a phone that is consumed with social media and you know my work emails and 
interviews or whatever it is that I've got going on so that day off um, is really key and mm-hmm. actually Venetia Falconer does a really good job of this she runs something called the offline 48 where she just turns her phone off completely for a 48 hour period over the weekend and she's created this amazing movement around it and I think if more people could just do that and leave their phones alone for, for 48 hours it's completely doable and if you can do that I'm, tr- I'm trialing it on 24 but and it seems to be going okay I'm not sure I can get away with 48 oh but 24 seems pretty good yeah that's so good well can I just say you are literally already t-balanced because boundaries are one of the biggest things that I work on with people and as is me time like I always make people schedule in their me time and like your balance time whatever and yeah I think that's so important and actually to be honest with you looking at you now you do not look tired you do not look like you have been working at all hours this week and for the last couple of years because I know you have you look fresh and radiant and glowing and ready to take on the world. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel it, but that's very kind. (laughs) Anyway, Tori, it has been so lovely chatting to you and thank you so much for coming and sharing all of your advice and your wisdom and congratulations again on her collective. I cannot wait to get to use it. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast and I hope you enjoyed the episode. My eyes were really opened to the detrimental impact of the fashion industry on our precious world and although you might have already guessed it, since recording this episode I have become a part of the Her community myself. I now have a proportion of my wardrobe available to rent and I am much looking forward to using it in the Christmas parties and weddings to come. You can request to sign up to her on their website www.hercollective.com and you can keep in touch with what they have available to rent on their Instagram page at her. Thank you for listening and if you haven't already subscribed then definitely do and please share with your friends because I have some great guests to come. Have a great weekend and I'll be back at the same time next week. Bye!